Welcome to another episode of the MMA Lockcast. I'm your host, Manpreet, aka MMA Lock of the Night, and your boy on Twitter at MMALOTN. This week we're going over UFC 240, which goes down in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, headlined by Canada's own, I'm going to call it Canada's own, Max Holloway. And uh, he's going up against Frankie Edgar, who may not deserve a title shot in most people's eyes, but this is a fight that should have happened a long time ago, and I'm fine to see it regardless. Just another name for Max Holloway to potentially get under his belt. And then it's also co-headlined by Chris Cyborg after her devastating loss to Amanda Nunes. She's going up against Felicia Spencer, who was pretty much just rose to contendership after I went over Megan uh, Megan Anderson. Regardless, though, we're going to go over the casuals first with my man, Big Rob. What's going on? Yay. All right. Before we get into what happened this past weekend, <laughs> uh, I'm going to actually show you something. Uh, so there's a boxer named Dudashev, I believe his name is, uh, Maxime Dudashev, that just fought this past weekend. Uh, he was getting beat the fuck up uh, for roughly 11 rounds. Uh, and this is right before the last round. Uh, this is him going back into his corner with, uh, I believe his coach's name is uh, Buddy McGirt. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, just McGirt. listen to this. Dirt McGirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's even going to his like Russian coach to like convince him. They're they're asking him to give up. Yeah, he's saying I want to throw in the towel. I want to stop this fight in between rounds. Oh. So, uh, so basically, like I said, I, I prefaced this with the guy. Um, yeah. Went eleven rounds and took an absolute beating. Like it looked really bad. I couldn't really find the clips of his like actual like That's okay. beat down, but. Uh, yeah, he got really fucked up, and then eventually, like, it, it's it's kind of looked down on for some reason, like, not to be that macho man of being like, mm. oh, I gave up on a fight in between rounds mm. and all that shit, right? Sometimes coaches try to really motivate their fighters to go back into a fight as well. Okay. Uh, we've seen that with um, Raquel Pennington and Amanda Nunes. This girl got beat on for four rounds, mm -hmm. uh, and as soon as she shat, sat down, shat down, <laughs> as soon as she, she sat down yeah. on her stool, uh, she looked over at her coach and she's like, I'm done, I can't, I'm done, I'm done, okay. I'm done. Okay. And then the coach convinced her to go back in there. Like, mm. oh, you don't want to walk out like this, this is your title shot, you want to, mm. you know, this is your moment, you should go in there. And she was getting beat the fuck up yeah, too. Yeah, she was getting yeah. beat up pretty bad. And then halfway through the through the next round, she just got TKO'd. Yeah. Like, it was pretty bad. Um, but people are really applauding this coach for saying, dude, this is enough. Like, you're yeah. still young. You know, you got to get like, just give this one up. You're getting outclassed. What's one? What's why? Why force yourself to take three more minutes of damage from this guy that's clearly better than you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because if he, if he continues, it could actually potentially damage for future events. Damage himself, mm -hmm. like you're, you're 21, 22. However, mm -hmm. old this kid was, I think, max he was 23 mm -hmm. maximum. Uh, but like to take repetitive damage like yeah. that, especially in one fight, right? Like you're you've already been dropped, you've already been concussed, like you're more than concussed at this point. This is new to me because every other fight I've ever seen, and uh, I, I has always been like you, you fight until you, you, you fall down. Right? Yes, and um, this is and good, this good is from a, a strategy. Yeah, this isn't a cumulative mm -hmm. beating, right? Oh yeah, For eleven rounds. That's yeah. eleven times three, thirty-three oh minutes of God. just absolute just, just getting. The, yeah, getting, like all up. the shot most of the significant shots were to the head too yeah right? that's one thing about boxing they have two targets the body mm -hmm. and the head yeah and more often than not they're going for the head because they want to knock the guy out right yeah so if the guy doesn't go out you know you get something like this yeah so he actually went into critical condition after emergency brain surgery after that fight no way yeah and this morning he died wow yeah. so what, how long ago was this fight this happened um i believe it was saturday night saturday and night did he happened. give up or did he keep playing uh, the coach like this is done. They stopped the fight, and the, so they stopped the fight. They stopped the fight, and then how long ago did he die after? Uh, so I believe he died this morning. So from Saturday, let's confirm this though. I just I don't want to talk shit. Um, uh, lost in the shuffle for this reason. Busy period of combat sports was a very serious incident that occurred on Friday night. So Friday night, um, and then when did he actually go into it? Um, he absorbed over three hundred punches. See, this is what I don't understand. 
He, how come? Yeah. How, how come? How come he he died, but other people get beat up a lot and and they don't? This is just like I don't know. This is more of those like freak situations, right? Like I I know there was one other time that I know for sure some guy died from boxing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's been plenty more, but the other one that comes to to mind is the guy actually from Alberta. He was an MMA fighter. He was actually in the UFC, and then he transo- transitioned over to boxing. Okay. Uh, and then within, I think it was like a six month to a year period. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. got knocked out a lot. Like, uh, let me let me confirm that number two. But okay. he got knocked out a lot, and then uh, he took a, a boxing fight against this just fucking monster. Okay. I, here, you know, what? I can even show you the fucking okay. the clip right here. No, is it possible this guy died just because he got more or more? hits than so people it, get it normally in a fight the the guy that we initially talked about right uh yeah i would say that for sure um so this guy let's see from august 29th 2015 he got knocked out four times the most recent being july 15 2016 and then june 16th 2017 mm. so wait july 15 what the fuck so that doesn't make sense. So it could be within a, how many shots you get within a certain period of time. It's like it's like for example, cigarettes, right? If you smoke a hundred cigarettes over a hundred days, you're not gonna die. But if you smoke a hundred cigarettes back to back, and like yeah, you're you're gonna you, might fu- you might fuck yourself up. For no, sure. no, there's, there's people who've died. Like uh, yeah, I'm serious. Just just, just in one day, they, just fucking. They smoked a hundred cigarettes in one day. God it was damn. like a dare, and they died. Like, That's so dumb. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. The, there's something wrong with the the dates on this because oh, actually, you know what? It's actually pretty good. So yeah, he got knocked out in December of 2016, and then he got okay. knocked down and knocked out in June 16 on June 16, 2017, okay. and died from that. Oof. So like, I think it was just repetitive, uh, you know, repetitively getting knocked out, and then this guy just fucking death blows him and kills him. Oh, uh, it, yeah, it was, it was, it, it's very sad. So the the main thing that I wanted to get to in the the casuals aspect of it was, uh, like, you much prefer to see coaches tell guys to just give it up like yeah especially if they're gonna die die. yeah yeah because i mean the coach obviously knew his um like he's trained with this guy for 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 quite some time i'm I'm assuming and he knows that person so when the coach is looking at the person he's like i know this person's done let the coach call it off because it's i'm sure it's at a point where it's like you know, it's affecting one's health beyond repair. Yeah. So, 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 and, 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 and fatally, fatally. Right? Imagine this guy did the opposite and said, no, go out another round. And then yeah. he died. Well, how, how probably would even sooner he would have died. Yeah. Like it's, 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 it, it's so sad. I, I did not want to see the, I did not want to see it actually happen. Like when I, I yeah. heard about him going into critical condition, I think it was Sunday, Sunday evening ish. Um, uh, and then yeah, Monday morning just fucking died. It was just Tuesday. Sorry, this is Tuesday. So Tuesday morning he died. It took a couple days, right? It's because of what his brain it was brain, bleeding. It was bleeding. Yeah. Uh, severe brain damage. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just insane. It's done. Like, yeah. It's. I've seen. I've. I <laughs> can remember one as well where the guy went into uh, ICU, had to go on a medically induced coma, came back, but just like not the same person at all can't box anymore oh, no. you know speech is slurred all that type of stuff so it's I, I know it's a tough game that that we watch like I, I'm not mm-hmm. so much into boxing as I am into MMA mm-hmm. Um, and we don't see as much of this in MMA to be honest like I can't yeah. think of anybody like major There, I believe there was only one MMA related death that I can think of uh, from Asia where it was due to weight cutting and I, we've talked about that before okay. where guys do drastic weight cuts yeah right uh, but in terms of like concussive damage there hasn't really been anybody that I can think of off the top of my head that's had to you know go into ICU or go into a medically mm. induced coma or anything like that so there is a little mm. bit more safety in MMA due to the fact that with boxing like if you get knocked down, you get 10 seconds to get back up and okay. get your wits together. All your wits is, is just fucking holding the gloves in front of your face, okay. holding gloves in front of you, showing that you can kind of even hold them. Mm. The refs just check them real quick and then they're like, all right, get back to it. Mm. And then they get knocked down again. So it's the repetitiveness of the concussions happening oh. in boxing, which is much worse than MMA. Whereas, you know, we've seen early stoppages, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Where we see Absolutely. a guy go down and the fight will just stop. It'll be done. So it may look more brutal because mm. you're able to use your elbows, knees, all that mm-hmm. shit. But uh, I believe that there is more, uh, you know, harm and risk in boxing. Question for you. Go for so, it. So you showed me the bare knuckle fight. Yeah. <laughs> now imagine this fight was bare, bare knuckle. knuckle. Do you think... I don't think that it would uh, have Continue? been as worse. Yeah, no. 
Okay. No, I okay. think it would have been probably because that guy's yeah. hands would have been fucked. That's like, what I'm getting. At. That guy's hands would have been face fucked. too. Yeah, people would have been like, no, 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 yeah. no clothes off from cuts alone. They probably yeah. would have been stopped. But uh, yeah, the guy who was punching him probably wouldn't have been able to punch him as hard. Uh, again, with bare knuckle boxing, I believe it's three two minute rounds or five two minute rounds okay. or something like that. Whereas with boxing, it's three minute rounds. Like this one was twelve rounds championship mm-hmm. fight. Uh, three. That's long. Yeah, time. twelve three minute rounds. So uh, yeah, it really depends on like Joe Rogan actually talked about it. How uh, he always believed that mixed martial arts should be done bare knuckle. Mm-hmm. But after watching bare knuckle boxing, he realizes mm-hmm. like guys' hands get fucked up really easily. Time. And then the cuts, the cuts are just brutal. I've shown you some pictures where yeah. guys look like fucking Chucky. You know oh what I mean? yeah, so it, it's it's not good. It's fucked. Yeah, <laughs> especially the hands thing too. I mean, I yeah. Mean that, I mean, you need that to work. Yeah, all they allow them to have is just wrist wraps, pretty yeah. much, just to like stabilize your hand for being able to punch straight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, enough about that dude thanks again for fucking inviting me and my girl out for this past <laughs> weekend bro this awesome. motherfucker let, let me just tell oh. you guys something this motherfucker right here <laughs> does not tell me it's his birthday until I fucking show up to the place I thought <laughs> it was just a do? fucking I thought it was just a chill time it's, Like it, that's all it is man I know I just, but I you don't tell me as we're fucking chilling on a bench and we're chilling on our fucking seats just smoking a J <laughs> you know drinking a beer and yeah. you're like yeah it's my birthday I'm like fuck you man oh fuck God. you you're a bitch for fucking <laughs> holding out on me like that I brought Ooh. some tandoori chicken I hope you enjoy that, that shit that was amazing yeah. dude uh, you had some leftovers I hope you got yep. to cook some up for, with your friends so afterwards good. oh fuck yeah no we had a great time man this guy had a beautiful fucking setup uh, great setup for Glitch as well where dude, yeah. his dog could fucking roam around pretty much the Loved entire it. campsite not have to worry about get him getting lost mm-hmm. uh, and then a lakefront pretty much view yeah. site uh, for your camping where you got your boat I'm too pussy to go out on the boat I've told <laughs> one him one day bro, one, one day, day we'll get you like a few life jackets <laughs> a few life jackets and a you know a bigger boat like a I would feel boat. I'm not gonna lie I would feel a little bit more comfortable as if it was a bigger boat but I'm still such a pussy to go out on the water man and, and shallow maybe up to the waist maybe mm, yeah. maybe, maybe. Uh, like I like the, the the freedom and like the the wild uh, exploration things that you can do or you yeah. know like he, he went to like uh, the other side of the fucking lake and uh, oh, island, found yeah. some like little <laughs> island that some guy was making some house on or some shit like that but so like freaky. just to go that deep into nature and off the beaten path and mm. all that type of stuff uh, I really enjoy that stuff and I, I believe he's Thank going you. out a couple more times this summer so oh, yeah. I might fucking yeah. take along one more time at least maybe we'll do uh, a podcast and yeah yeah we, we had we we had teased uh, doing like a fucking camping yeah. edition lawcast or something. So maybe next time we might shoot this from his RV yeah. or a fucking tent or some shit like that. It was a great fucking funny. setup. I really enjoyed it, man. Yeah, man. Thank it was you. so fucking fun. Uh, anything else you want to fucking touch on, man? I, I love yeah. doing the casuals aspect. I, I, I don't. Fun, I don't like just fucking sticking to like. It's, it's good to, for the conversations we can get out of some of these MMA related things. But I just want to get off topic sometimes and just talk Thanks, some man. shit. I, I, I tweeted earlier today. I, I don't feel like I've ever been more comfortable behind the mic than I do now. Like before, I don't know if you yeah, can brother. see it, I but see. like I just feel way more comfortable and mm-hmm. I just don't, you know, I just kind of let it flow now. It's yeah. just before I wanted to just be very stringent and straight for it. Now I'm just like, you know what? I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Let's go from fight to fight, smooth trans- transitions, mm-hmm. casuals as well. It's just fucking, you know, we don't have to, we don't have no producers fucking saying you have to do this. There's no <laughs> suits fun. here. Yeah, we're just yeah. fucking having fun. Big Rob's just chilling on a beer, glitches on his yeah. fucking lap. Uh, passed out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I fucking enjoy it, man. Uh, thanks, yeah, bro. thanks, man. I appreciate it, Big Rob, as You're always. Welcome. Let's fucking uh, get into some MMA talk because I'm sure cool. that's what the fuck you guys are here for. But I know some of y'all like me and you like Rob and you like hearing about our times and days and shit and you know, all that shit. Um, before we uh, crack into UFC 240, uh, I just want to quickly go over my last event, which was um, UFC San Antonio. It was a very unfortunate event on my end. Uh, you know, kind of took of a, uh, you know, it was it was tough. It was tough. Uh, let's just put it like that. So let's go over these bets real quick. Um, you know, fuck it. I'm not even going to fucking acknowledge the haters. Fuck you guys. Uh, so let's just kick off from the bottom of it. I had uh, Alexio Linick, uh wins by submission plus 210. I took a 0.5 unit shot on it uh, strictly due to the fact that, you know, Walt Harris is kind of unreliable seems like he's really coming into his own now. So, uh, you know, he should beat a guy like Alexio Linick. I wasn't too... Apologies, something's coming up. <laughs> Regardless, um, I I didn't feel like he 
I, I, he was just too unre- unreliable in my opinion. You know, he he should have won that fight. Uh, I forgot roughly around where he was, maybe, maybe minus one seventy ish. You know, decent bet at those odds, I believe, especially with what he came out with. Uh, but I, you know, last time I took the Olympic win by sub prop, it hit against Mark Hunt, who I feel like is a harder hitter. Uh, maybe not as fast as and athletic as the Walt Harris, uh, but I'm, uh, you know. That was just a bad call on my point, but uh, I would take the 0.5 unit shot on Olenek again. This is heavyweights, uh, pretty much. Uh, next up, I had a parlay of uh, Ben Rothwell and uh, Klitson Abreu. Uh, very weird reaction from Sam Alvi thinking that he lost that or thinking that he won that fight. I think Abreu easily won that fight, no doubt about it. And then Ben Rothwell, you know, he just, he, I kind of alluded to it last week during that podcast, saying that sometimes he's just a little bit too inactive. Uh, but I wasn't expecting to see that type of Andre Lasky to come out. You know, he he threw a lot in that first round. I believe it was Dominic Cruz that just kept saying, "I can't remember the last time I I saw him throw th- these many strikes in the first round alone." Uh, and I thought that he was going to slow down a little bit, but he didn't. He just kept that pressure on. Uh, he kept throwing those punches, uh, and he was just busting up Ben Rothwell's face. You know, so bad bad uh, look on my part to take that uh, Ben Rothwell parlay. Uh, or to add Ben Rothwell to the parlay, uh, minus 181 is a little bit high for that too. So, uh, you know, we'll see how much Arlovsky can still hang around at 40 years old, uh, but that was minus 1.5 units there. Next up, I had uh, my lock of the night parlay, which was uh, fight doesn't go to decision for Greg Hardy and Watt Adams. You know, kind of what you know what we thought would happen would be a first round finish very unfortunate for Juan Adams to take that L the way that he did especially after all the shit that he talked um and then I also had a Domingo Perlati um I'm I'm not going to full out call this a robbery you know that that second round was really close and it didn't look good for me at least in terms of the judges uh with Perlati you know ending the round on his back with Kolaris you know throwing some heavy strikes um you know unfortunate uh, for him he really showed up in that third round though Unfortunately, too little, too late. Uh, you know, UFC debut fucking strikes me again. Uh, I, I truly believe that Polarte has a good future ahead of him. And this probably could have, have done with the, um, the the layoff that he was on to. And I believe he had an injury going... Uh, or uh, it was an injury that kept him out for at least a year or so. So, uh, you know, that's something that I need to really consider when looking at these guys, especially when they're being such heavy favorites. But, you know, after I taped that fight, I was like, this guy is a fucking shoe-in. This guy should be the lock of the night. And I was really looking to parlay him at, or not, sorry, parlay him, but play him straight even at minus 275. I got him at minus 331 in that parlay. It just seemed like he was not going to go down to that minus 275 range. So I had to pull that trigger with a bet that I felt like was, you know, more than deserving of a lock of the night spot, which was the fight doesn't go to decision between Greg Hardy and Juan Adams. The last three bets I had, Roxanne Matafari had a one-unit dog shot on her at plus 130 against Jennifer Maya. Uh, very surprised that she wasn't even, a bit, even able to land that one takedown uh, and, you know, control Jennifer Maya. So, you know, good good work by Jennifer Maya to keep this fight on the feet. Um, you know, makes you wonder how bad Antonina Shevchenko's takedown defense actually is. So, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, next up, I had another L on Rafael Dos Anjos. I had two units on him at plus 116. I always believe that Dos Anjos is worth the plus money shot uh, against guys that aren't Colby Covington or um, Kamaru Usman. Um, and I thought that he would be able to beat a guy like Leon Edwards, but Edwards really came out there and fucking put it on him, man. Uh, great elbows. Uh, I thought that he had a lot of, uh, you know, he showed a lot of composure and really good fight IQ in there, especially like kind of throwing Dos Anjos off with that first round takedown. Um, and then pretty much piecing, piecing him up, uh, after that, you know, that cut over, uh, I believe it was his right eye, uh, for RDA was a big detriment as well. Uh, but big ups to Leon Edwards, you know, I, I, I I'm kind of a believer now. I'll see if I'll bet him moving forward, but like, he's, he's definitely growing as a fighter and to have a guy like Rafael Dos Anjos under your belt, uh, is, is huge. So I, I'm really, uh, you know, I'm happy for him in terms of us getting a new like Walter Wick contenderish type of guy. Uh, and again, having a big win over RDA is is, is very um, impressive. Uh, and then lastly, my pretty much my only bet that hit of the night. It was very discouraging, like I said. But regardless, I had 1.5 units on Raquel Pennington at plus 138. I knew this was going to be a close fight against Aldana, and you got to take the dog shot at that point. You know, Aldana likes to move a lot, strike from range, and sometimes they that may not look good on the judges' scorecards. And Raquel Pennington really has that rocky vibe about her, where she, you know, she likes to pressure forward, she likes to come forward. She may not have the most crisp and clean striking techniques, but she does have enough uh, of that and and toughness as well. You know, Irene Aldana is no Amanda Nunes or fucking. 
and uh, Jermaine Duran to me when it comes to striking. She's a great striker, and again, like she does really good at range, but she doesn't really have the power behind her hands. Uh, you know, it was a really close fight against Betts Cohea, and I thought, you know, it's it's more than uh, enough ammo for me to uh, bet a girl like Raquel Pennington uh, against Irene Aldana in the spot. So, you know, that was the only win of the fight uh, or the night in terms of cashing bets. Um, yeah. Just got to fucking come back stronger. I feel like I have some good reads on the card that's upcoming, which is UFC 240. Uh, and I haven't played anything as of yet in terms of as as of this recording. But I truly believe that there's a lot of good spots on this card. And I'll definitely break that down for you guys. Now, in terms of quick thoughts about UFC 240, you know, it's about time that Frank Edgar finally gets that shot at Max Holloway. If you guys remember, he was supposed to fight him at UFC 222. Uh, I believe it was Holloway that got hurt. Uh, and then uh, Brian Ortega stepped in and just completely ruined Frankie Edgar. Uh, luckily for Edgar, all he had to do was come back and win one fight against Cub Swanson and eventually wait out long enough for Max Holloway to do whatever the fuck he was doing uh, to get a title shot. So I'm not too mad about Frankie Edgar getting a title shot um, I believe he deserves it and again it's just a, a Max Holloway type of thing where uh, this is something for his legacy so if he's able to get a guy like Frankie Edgar under his belt um, I think it does a lot for him uh, and it's a good bounce back win for him too if he can get past Edgar uh, especially coming off that decision loss to Dustin Poirier and losing the champ or the the, the chance at being uh, champ slash uh, interim champ 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 interim champ you know, we're not doing that champ champ shit. Uh, but yeah, Dustin Poirier took that fight. Uh, but, you know, Chris Cyborg's coming back after that stupid performance against Amanda Nunes. Uh, Jeff Neal, love that guy. think he has a plenty of potential. Um, you know, he comes up against Nico Price, who's, you know, been looking decent in his own. Armin Sarkurian, Sarukian, uh, you know, another guy that I'm very excited about uh, against Olivia Balmercier. So it's a good test for him against, a you know, a, a vet of the UFC. Christoph Jocko against uh, Marc-Andre Berrio, great fight fight uh viviani arujo i love this chick i think she's going to be a huge problem for people at that 125 division uh she's going up against alexis davis hakeem dawudu uh great striker should be a fun fight against yoshinori hori uh return of gavin tucker alessandre pantoja against davison figueredo great fight there um Jillian Robertson against Sarah Frota, good fight. That should probably end in a finish. Uh, return of Eric Koch. And then uh, debuts of Giaco Lemos and Tanner Boser. Bose? Boser. Uh, so yeah, decent card. You know, it's a Edmonton card. So it's it's unfortunate that they didn't stack it a little bit more. The top three fights should be absolute barn burners and fun, uh, fun, fun fights. Uh, and then you have a couple other fights just sprinkled out throughout it. I think Pantoja against Figueredo should be on the pay-per-view part of it, uh, and probably even Julian Robertson against Sarah Frota due to the sheer fact of the possible uh, entertainment that both of those fights could uh, have in them. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait for the card. Uh, so let's just get right the fuck into it and start breaking this bitch down. Uh, first up, we have Giacomo Lemos versus Tanner Bozer. Uh, starting off with Lemos, you know, he's been fighting a lot of these uh, Korean guys in his last two fights uh, a lot. He's been fighting, he fought two Korean guys in his last two fights over there in Korea uh, and just, you know, Dr. Stoppaged one of them and then uh, ground and pounded the next one. Uh, both in the second round, the thing is, like, look at the records of these guys, too. 18, 12, and 1 for the first guy that he beat in uh over there in uh, Korea, and then 12 and 11 on the next guy. Some of these guys look like they should not even be fighting. Uh, he's just like this big juice head monkey guy that looks like he just, you know, he just likes to throw bombs. Uh, he tries to f uh, find that head, uh, find that chin and put you out. Um, not much else other than that. You know, he's a st strong guy, but I think if fights go longer... He's definitely more and more depleted. I think a guy like Tanner Bozer, who has plenty of experience, you know, he's 16-5-1. I think that he has a good opportunity to, you know, stay away from the big shots that Lemos throws. He's, a, you know, he's not the fastest guy when it comes to, to throwing those bombs either. But I think that Tanner is going to be able to uh, kind of, um, you know, outwork him, uh, evade the big shots, uh, and then maybe even finish this later in the fight, uh, probably late second round, early third round. Um, I think that, yeah, his experience factor uh cardio you know the fact that he's been able to go to the decision plenty of times uh just shows his uh his endurance he took some big shots against zaur bah 
Zaur Gadzibabeyev. I just love trying to pronounce these guys' names, but uh, he showed great toughness in that fight. Uh, I haven't been able to find anything from his Unified days. I know a lot of people have been saying that that Unified promoter doesn't like having his videos on uh, online at all, which is fucking stupid. Uh, so most of the f footage we've had to look at is his M1 fights and his ACB fights, uh, but his last fight, uh, he won by leg kick uh, in round four. I unfortunately have no video of that, so I can't, you know, see that uh, he fought a guy that was 13 and 10 you know I think it's it's just you know he was coming off a draw he was coming off a loss before that and he just needed to get another victory and luckily for him you know UFC was coming to Edmonton he's grizzled enough and they have a decent matchup for him here so I think that uh, he definitely will get the win here uh, maybe you know again later into the fight I don't think that there's too much in terms of uh, um, uh, a threat from Lemos other than the fact that you know if he lands one of those bombs so it's hard to bet a guy that only has that kind of one way to win this fight uh and Bozer sitting roughly around minus 170 or so uh, I want to see where that line goes if he hits minus 150 so I might throw a little bit on him just due to the fact that Lemos I don't think is that good uh but again Bozer's not a world beater either, world beater either but he has uh, ca uh cardio experience um and uh you know toughness going from whereas lamos in my opinion just has uh heavy hands and maybe a first round in him if that uh but i'm going to take bozer by third round tko next up we got kyle stewart whoop <laughs> there we go we got kyle stewart against eric coke kyle stewart surprises in the ufc you know he won uh, he lost to James Nakashima, uh, then beat Braden Smith, and then got the call-up to the UFC somehow. He did fight on the Contender Series uh, way back in 2017, uh, won that fight unfortunately. You know, he dropped Jason Jackson. Jason Jackson landed awkwardly on his ankle, uh, and then he, you know, luckily for Jackson, the rest of that round was kind of spent on the ground. Uh, and then in that second round where he came out 20 seconds into it, his ankle just completely gave out uh, and unfortunately had to, put, uh, you know, stop the fight. So an unfortunate win for Kyle Stewart there due to the fact that, you know, you want to win impressively uh, and you want to get that, that, that contract. But unfortunately, he didn't get the contract. He went out there and fought uh, four more times going three and one um, and then ran into chance from country in his UFC debut and lost uh, via rear naked choke. I'm not the most impressed with this guy. You know, he doesn't have the greatest striking. He's kind of just an average fighter. And I think it's a great way for Eric Koch to get it back into the game uh, and, you know, just get his feet wet once again. He hasn't fought since January of 2018, so it's been a long layoff for him. Uh, he was scheduled to fight Dwight Grant way back in December. That didn't come to fruition. Uh, and now here he is in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, going up against Kyle Stewart. I think that Coke is better everywhere. Let's just be honest. I think that he's the better striker. I think that he has uh, better submissions. Um, I believe that, uh, you know, him working his game on the feet, um, and he's just been looking fucking shredded, man. I don't know if you guys have been watching him on Instagram or, or seeing any of his posts, but, man, the guy looks in really good shape. And I know he's been off for a while, uh, so that's kind of what's keeping me away from this. Um, but I I think he looks good, man. He he looks really... Let's see what the odds are. It's slightly out of pick him, so I wouldn't even mind a small shot, actually, at Eric Koch, especially if you can get plus money. Uh, I think he wins this fight against Kyle Stewart. The layoff kind of concerns me. You know, it's approaching a year and a half that he's been off. Uh, but I just don't think that Kyle Stewart is that great. Uh, so if you want to look past, you know, what? actually I did look into some of the numbers in terms of guys that haven't guys or girls who haven't fought in longer than a year, uh, how that kind of affects them on their way back. Uh, and I think I got through about the last six or seven UFC uh, events and there was. Uh, it was pretty much dead even in terms of people who have won after a year off and people who have lost after a year off. It, I think it was like seven wins and then eight losses or something like that. So it's kind of inconclusive. So I don't really want to lean on that too much in terms of, you know, time off is bad for people or time off is good for people. Uh, you got to focus on the matchups themselves. There may have been a lot of things that Eric Cook has been able to accumulate during his time off. So we'll see if he comes back a different fighter or not. But I think that knowing what we know about both fighters, uh, I got to give coke the edge here and i think the line is just close due to the fact that coke has been off so for so long so maybe taking advantage of that uh is the way to go here so i might play coke i gotta look into it but i truly think he's the better fighter here uh and he should win with his stand-up um you know i think he could finish college Stewart as well so that's something that you guys should definitely look into but uh, i might be bet eric coke later in this week all right let's move on we got 
Jillian Robertson versus Sarah Frota. This is a fight that I'm pretty excited for. You know, that's really uh, <laughs> that's really weird to hear. Uh, I know for a lot of people due to the fact that, you know, women's MMA. I'm not saying it's bad, but sometimes these girls really bring it. Um, and Jillian Robertson is definitely one of those chicks. And she's going up against a fucking Tiago Silva of women's MMA and Sarah Frota. But Jillian Robertson, she makes no bones about it. She's even claimed it in a very recent interview that she just did, uh, saying that uh, she likes to go over for submissions over position uh whereas most jiu-jitsu guys they'll probably tell you the other way you know go for the position over the submission and then see where you land yourself and try to set up a submission off of that Jalen robertson you've seen in the veronica macedo fight in other fights as well she's given up a lot of very dominant positions to go for arms to go for chokes uh to go for any type of submission uh and she uses them very well for sweeps as well too i saw a very good sweep that she did against veronica uh, macedo where she turned it from arm bar into a full mount and then just stuck to her i believe that was at the ending of the first round so she wasn't able to get the tap there but then she quickly gets or not quickly but she gets a tap in round two three minutes and 27 seconds into that round via rear naked choke um i think that sarah Frota is going to have a little bit more uh to put up against julian robertson than uh you know a girl like veronica macedo you know sarah Frota, she does a really good job at maintaining her distance and striking from a distance uh she has a 69 inch reach advantage i want to see how much julian robertson has before i continue with this thought 69 inch to 66 inch and then 5-2 against uh, 5-6. So Frota is definitely going to be the bigger girl out there. Uh, I believe that she will land. I, I will absolutely give her the advantage on the feet. I don't think that Robertson's uh, stand-up is as good as Frota's. Uh, and I think that Frota is going to be able to land some big shots on her. I think that one thing that's very, uh, one line that might be very interesting here is the fight doesn't go to the decision. Let me confirm that before I talk out of my ass and the odds makers are just ahead of us already. So minus 145 for the fight doesn't go to decision. I like those, man. It seems like it opened up at minus 210, got up to plus 115, and now it's at minus 165. That's weird. I guess it just, yeah, it just moved down to minus 165. So I, I definitely like that. I, I, be, I believe I hit on that fight doesn't go to decision on uh, Veronica Macedo and... Um, Jillian Robertson uh, and I like that here too man Sarah Frota is a beast on the feet she you know she throws a lot of heat uh, she's only ever gone to a decision one two three times including the last time she fought in the UFC against Olivier Hanata Souza Oop, that was a burp don't drink Big Marley <laughs> that was a burp so far I'm holding it up I, I do feel a fucking yawn coming but I'm fighting that shit with all my power right now <laughs> but regardless uh, Jillian Robertson Sarah Frota, uh, tough to go. You know, I think that Robertson has the 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 edge on the the ground. I don't know if I can really trust her to get this fight to the ground. And, and you know, Frota has shown really good submission defense, especially against Livia Hanato Souza. But I think that Jillian Robertson just you know is, is goes for these submissions a lot harder than a girl like Hanato Souza. Uh, and she said it herself. You know, I like to go submission over position, and that might you know end up in a submission for her. But I think that if she continuously tries uh, being aggressive for submissions, uh, Frota, you know, if she continuously gets out of them, she's going to pound on Robertson when she gets on top. And then even if the fights on the feet i think that frota is going to be able to light her up on the feet too so i i it's hard for me to choose a side here because i love robertson's grappling and her and her knack for going for submissions uh but it's 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 tough to go against against uh, a girl like sarah frota and even in that fight uh her contender series fight she that was one of the crazier knockout finishes i've ever seen uh v from a woman um but with jillian robertson here uh I, fuck I'm not going to bet a side here. Uh, in terms of picking, I'm going to go with... Fuck, it's so hard. You know what? I'm going to go with Robertson. I, you know, you guys know I like to go with grapplers over strikers. Uh, but it's hard for me uh, to be 100% convinced that Jillian Robertson is going to be able to get this fight to the ground. Uh, you know, Hanata Souza definitely got Frota to the ground. But there's a huge size discrepancy here between Frota and Robertson. Another thing we need to keep an eye on is if Frota is going to be able to actually make weight this time. She missed weight by 7 pounds last time around. Uh, I believe that was that. 
that must have been at 115 actually yeah that was at 115 and this fight's at 125 so i get hopefully it's not an issue here but she is still the much bigger fighter here against robertson so if robertson can you know use her technique uh you know out out muscle surfers and get her to the ground uh she should be able to find a submission uh but if this stays on the feet i think regardless one way or another this fight's not going to a decision and you guys might see that as one of my main bets but just for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to go with Jillian Robertson via submission, maybe second round. All right, let's move on. We got Alessandre Pantoja versus Davison Figueredo. Fucking insane fight. I think this is a great fight for the flyweight division. Um, you know, these guys are at the top of their, their weight classes pretty much, or their weight class. Uh, Davison Figueredo, unfortunately, coming off a loss to Juice Formigo, who was pretty much put into a number one contender fight against Joseph Benavides. So... It's it's tough to uh, you know really take too much away from Figueredo against a guy who's as good as Formiga in this fight against Alexandre Pantoja. I think it's it's going to be closer than that fight. Uh, Figueredo going off at a very small underdog price right now at plus 108 is the best I see at plus 105 at five times and then uh, return on Pantoja minus 125 ish. Pantoja's striking is getting really better. I think that Figueredo is going to be the stronger fighter here. Um, I believe also that Figueredo might be able to kind of nullify the jiu-jitsu of Pantoja. Um, you know, he was able to stay out of all the submissions that Formiga was throwing his way. I believe that Formiga is the better jiu-jitsu player than Pantoja as well. Um, but Pantoja continues to make improvements. So he might be able to make a big step up here or make a big improvement here and beat a guy like Davis and Figueredo. And, but I think that it's uh, truly a, a dog or pass situation, you know, stealing fucking Cody Saftik's and Paul Shagnanassi's uh, term. But it's a dog or, dog or pass situation here. Uh, I, th- I really like Figueredo. Um, I don't uh but again pantoja continues to uh, surprise me every time out i think this is a fight that i may stay away from but i want to see if figueredo even becomes a bigger uh dog because again i think he has a strength advantage i think that he uh uh throws with better power or more power um and i think that he's a good enough jujitsu player uh to stay out of any submissions that pantoja throws at him will he be able to win the grappling positions and the scrambles i think he's going to be competitive but pantoja again getting better at all uh, at all times uh so very close fight i'm gonna go with the dog here i'm gonna go with figueredo i think that he pulls out a decision victory just by you know being the stronger guy being uh you know getting the better of the scrambles and then just being the 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 heavier puncher too uh so um one knack that i or one knock that i had on uh pantoja um you know in the past was that his gas tank was really not the best and it would always fail him later in fights uh you know he lost that dustin ortiz fight uh the brandon moreno fight he came back wanted decision but his next two fights all sasaki and Woodson Hayes have only gone and accumulated five minutes so they've only they've both been finishes in the first round which is great for Pantoja but when you fight a guy that's harder to put away like a Davison Figueredo is it going to be able to hold up for three rounds are you going to be able to manage uh your gas tank is uh, properly against a guy who's as strong and uh, as forward pressure-ish as a Figueredo who knows I would say dog or pass here. Going to see how much bigger of a dog Figueredo possibly becomes throughout this week. uh, And I might play him, uh, but no guarantees. All right, next up. We got uh, the return of Gavin Tucker against Sung Woo Choi. Starting off with Sung Woo Choi. uh, He hasn't fought since he lost to Movzar Evluev, who I believe is one of the best fighters in that division and is, you know, a top five fighter waiting to happen. Um, so no knock on Choi for losing that fight. Uh, but with Tucker, he's uh, coming back. Tucker's coming back after a huge, huge layoff. He got absolutely mollywhopped by Rick Glenn at UFC 215, which was, uh, what is that, September 9th of 2017. Uh, he was scheduled to fight Andre Sukumtat uh, in October of last year. That didn't come to fruition. And now here he is returning uh, in his um, home country, not home state or hometown, but his home country. Um, and uh, I, I think this is a fight that's primarily going to play out on the feet. So, you know, a couple things that are kind of keeping me away from betting Gavin Tucker here, who should probably be the better fighter uh, and also uh, should be the favorite, which he is rightfully. So it's a closer line than it was initially, I thought. Wow. Uh, he was, wow. He opened up at minus 215, gradually got to minus 160, and now he's at minus 125. So people are definitely getting a little bit more privy to, to Sung Woo Sung, Sung, 
Wu Choi, uh, and for good reason. You know, I think that Gavin Tucker, we don't know how much uh, the, the layoff, super extended layoff slash uh, damage in that Rick Glenn fight is going to pay on him. Uh, but, uh, you know, Choi is, is a banger. He likes to swing on the feet. You know, in that fight, uh, one of his last, I believe it was his second last fight. Oh, nope. It was his, I want to make sure I get this right. Uh, it was his, yeah, his second last fight against Jay Woon Kim, where he got rocked and then came back and still won that fight. Um, you know, he likes a barn burner, but I think that Gavin Tucker is a little bit more of a, a disciplined striker. He moves a lot. He's in and out. He likes attacking the leg. Um, you know, uh, very good at getting in and out with these punches. Rick Glenn kind of just had his number, you know, being the bigger, taller, rangier guy. Uh, he didn't fall for as much as the of the of the movement. I think that Gavin Tucker might be able to lull Troy here and actually pull off a decision victory. Uh, but it's the, the layoff again. Uh, and also considering his uh, recent beating or his his beating to Rick Glenn, um, Th those are just too alarming for me to even bother thinking of uh, of betting Gavin here. So uh, possible dog or pass situation. I won't be betting Troy. I just don't think that he's you know worth betting on. Uh, he has an opportunity to get the knockout here, I believe, but I don't uh, trust either guy. Uh, but for the picks, phew, I'm gonna go with uh, what's the fight doesn't go to decision on this actually. No, you know what? I'm not even gonna bother looking at that because Gavin Tucker could put out a, pull out a decision victory. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I might actually go with Troy here. Let's see at seventy four and a half inch reach, standing at five eleven, and then we got sixty six and sixty six inch reach at five seven for Gavin Tucker. I'm gonna go with Troy here. Uh, I I like his his striking ability, you know, but he does get caught. Um, fuck it's such a tough fight to pick I, i'm definitely not betting it man uh but i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with Choi. um actually you know what fuck it no i'm going with tucker i think that tucker just plays it really safe his footwork and movement will definitely always be there and i think that Choi might get caught looking a little bit too much uh and you know tucker just just rolls away with this beating up the leg uh in an out darting movement uh, i'm going with tucker by decision. All right, next up, we got Hikim Dawadu versus uh, Yoshinori Hori. Starting off with Dawadu, he's coming off a split decision victory over Kyle Bakniak way back in December when he fought in Toronto. Uh, we know about him, man. He's a great striker, uh, absolutely beautiful Muay Thai. Uh, unfortunate loss in his first UFC fight against Danny Henry when he got caught in a guillotine choke. But then since then, he's come back and absolutely battered and beaten both uh, Austin Arnett and Kyle Bakniak. Maybe Arnett a little bit more than he did Bakniak but um you know uh, i love his style um very aggressive with the striking very disciplined too actually you know it's a, it's a controlled chaos when he when he goes out there and strikes um he's getting better at his takedown defense that's obviously something that he needs to work on but i don't think that he needs to really worry about it against a guy like yoshinori hori here who is pretty much just looking to stand and bang as well you know he he did a decent job uh, keeping uh, Messiah Takeda off of him at Pancrase 301. Uh, Takeda did get him down, get him down a couple times, but he just had nothing for him on the feet. Damn, that guy's record was 14, 8, and 4 going into that fight against uh, Hori. But, um, you know, he was a grizzled vet, really wanted to get the fight to the ground, couldn't keep it there, and then eventually made, uh, uh, you know, Takeda had to go out uh, by a great uh, finish by Hori. Um I'm trying to remember the finish because I just watched it the other day, but it's not really coming to my mind right now. Uh, and the Hiroshigi Tanaka fight, you know, he got that fight done pretty quickly, a minute and 41 seconds into it, uh, completely put the kid out. Um, yeah, uh, he's just a striker. He, I don't think he has much else other than that. Um, I think Dewadu's the better striker, obviously, uh, and I think this was kind of a tailor-made matchup for him to uh, get a victory in his home province. Uh, but minus 400, too big for me, you know. Dawood obviously want to keep wants to keep this fight on the feet, uh, and uh, minus four hundred is just a little bit too much for me. I think that he obviously is the better discipline and better striker, uh, but I don't even know if I feel comfortable uh, putting him as as part of a parlay either. So uh, I'm gonna go with Dawoodu by decision, uh, but I just don't trust him uh, at minus four hundred. 
Next up, Alexis Davis versus Viviani Arujo. So Arujo is a girl that I was looking at possibly playing as my lock of the night play. She's certain sitting around minus 250-ish right now. I want to see if there's more money that comes in on Davis strictly due to her name value. But Arujo, man, I wish I really looked into her before uh, she fought Bernardo. She is a hefty underdog, plus 240, plus 250-ish. Um, and then came in there and absolutely mollywopped to lead to Bernardo. Um yeah, man. She, speaking of like you know movement, like Gavin Tucker, this girl moves very well. Uh, hits with a fucking like a shit brick house or brick shit house, shit brick, brick shit house. She hits like a brick shit house. Uh, you know, great movement. Uh, she really likes uh, to um, work the leg as well. Her her leg kicks are very effective, uh, and she's not afraid to take this fight to the ground, especially against against a girl like Talita Bernardo, whose jiu-jitsu is really good, but. Uh, she had absolutely no qualms about taking fights to the ground. She mixes it up very well too, especially against Emmy Fujino. That was another fight where she showed off a lot of versatility um, and uh, showed that you know she was ready for the big show and eventually that call up. Uh, she lost to Sarah Frota in uh, April of 2017 via punches in round one unfortunately i haven't been able to f find the footage for that i want to see how that happened maybe she got caught on the way in or something like that frota hits with a lot of power too so i you know i'm not too uh surprised about that but i think that rujo is going to be a fucking problem at 125 if she ends up staying there you know she f won the strawweight title uh for pancreas before she came to the ufc and then fought Toledo Bernardo at 135 and is now fighting Alexis Davis at 125. She is going to have uh, a, a, a disadvantage when it comes to size here. So it's going to be, uh, you know, poignant for Alexis Davis to get this fight to the ground. Um, she's been working on her striking a little bit, but I think that Arujo is going to be too fast for her, too powerful for her. Um and uh, I think that she could beat up Davis for at least three rounds. She might even be able to finish her. She hits with so much fucking power. Uh, and I think, she, you know, her speed uh, is going to be the, the factor here. Alexis Davis is not going to be able to keep up with it. I think she's just going to get touched up. You know, the Jennifer Maya fight was a perfect, uh, you know, uh, a perfect... Um, read or a perfect fight that should give you a read on this fight you know Maya's a great striker uh she did get taken down in uh, one of those rounds i believe it was the second one and held down i think that arujo is the better jiu-jitsu player than maya i think that she will be able to stay out of bad positions and i think that uh anytime uh, davis goes for any type of submissions i think that arujo is good enough to get out of them uh maybe reverse position but i don't think this fight even hits the ground i think that arujo absolutely murks uh davis on the feet uh minus 250 is a little bit too high at the moment i want to see if she gets down to the minus 200 range or so but i i want to go heavy on her i think that she's uh she has a lot of potential and this alexis davis fight is a great name under her belt but i think that she wins this fight i want to say by uh i want to say by third round tko i think she finishes her late um if not, goes away with the decision. But I don't think that uh, Davis will be able to get this fight to the ground and implement her jiu-jitsu enough to pull off a submission victory. So, Arujo, definitely a favorite, um, you know, for good reason. Um, but uh, um, I, a little bit too high right now, minus 250. But Arujo, official play by decision. All right, next up, we got Christoph Jocko against Marc-Andre Berriot. Uh, Berrio is coming off a loss to Andrew Sanchez where it really came down to a third round you know the first fight uh, first round Andrew Sanchez definitely took it second round Andrew Sanchez uh, you know was getting hit with a lot of shots he wasn't able to land takedowns uh, Andre Berrio was so close to finishing that fight if uh, that round maybe was extended by another 30 45 even 45 seconds I would say uh, Berrio probably would have got the finish there uh, but then in that third round Sanchez like dug as deep as you motherfucking could and I was really happy for for that too because i had i believe i had uh, andrew sanchez as a lock of the night play that night uh but he dug really deep and just did not let go of andre Berriou. you know he uh he he held on for his for dear life pretty much got a takedown at the beginning of the round uh and then pretty much just clinch fucked him against the cage for the rest of the round uh and that was enough to win the decision there but for Berriou, i think he showed a lot of good things in there you know sanchez shows uh you know the ability to not the ability but the the flaw of slowing down um, 
Uh, and Andre Berrio definitely took advantage of that. But in that third round, you know, he's just a very powerful guy and he was still able to get Berrio down. Uh, in Jotko's last fight, we saw Jotko really show off his takedowns, uh, you know, his ability to mix up his strikes into his takedowns. Uh, but I think he was just fighting an undersized guy there. You know, I think he's going to have more trouble, uh, you know, mixing his strikes and getting in on Berrio and getting those takedowns. And I think that a lot of people are really downplaying Berrio's strength and takedown defense due to his loss to Andrew Sanchez. You got to know that Andrew Sanchez is a much better wrestler than Christoph Jotko and I think that Jotko is going to have more issues getting him down um, what's the line currently at plus 140 as an underdog for Marc-Andre Berriou minus 160 for Jotko I might bear, bet Berriou here I think he's definitely worth a, at least an underdog shot here uh, he's a great all-around fighter uh, throws with a lot of heat you know we he could definitely still test Christoph Jotko's chin and I think that his takedown defense is good enough to keep this fight on the feet I don't think that Jotko will get him down and I think that Berriou is going to also be the stronger guy here he's he's very thickly built um, and uh, Jotko you know it's a little bit lankier a little bit skinnier um, but I think think that Barrio shows really good strength uh in his fights um you know again you got to take that fight with Andrew Sanchez with a bit of grain of salt when it comes to the gras grappling aspect of Marc-Andre Barrio's game because I believe it's so much far further ahead than Jotko's uh that uh it might just skew some people's uh minds you know due to the fact that you know Barrio got out grappled in his last fight and then Jotko out grappled somebody else in his last fight I think there might be some recency bias there. Uh, so I think that Barrio is definitely a live underdog. I'm definitely going to take a shot on him. I want to see what the line goes. But it looks like it's been getting a little bit worse. Plus 143-ish. Plus 140. Uh, but I like I like Barrio here. I think he's a great all-around fighter. Um, and I think he gets the victory. Plain and simple. I think he uh, he, he outstrikes... Well, yeah, I think he shucks off any takedowns that Jotko throws at him uh, and then maybe even just clinch, clinch fox him himself. I think he's very strong there and he could definitely uh, take advantage of Jotko there. Uh, I think at range, Jotko is obviously the better striker, uh, but I think that once the distance is closer, Andre Berriou is going to be, be able to land the bigger shots. I wouldn't even be surprised to see him get a finish either. Um, you know, he has one, two, uh, two, two, three, four five, six, six, seven-ish, seven stoppages in 13 fights. He even fought a big, big uh, light heavyweight in Todd Stout uh, back in 2017 and won a split decision there by out-grappling him pretty much. But Stout's not really known for being a grappler. Uh, but it just kind of shows that he's a strong guy, man. He can go up against these bigger heavyweights. Stranya Gavrilovic is another guy that's a little bit stronger too. Uh, so I think he'll have uh, success when it comes to the strength department against Jotko and in the grappling aspect as well. But I think that he's going to be able to grind this fight out, get a decision, uh, and beat Jotko go as a very live underdog so i'm definitely gonna look to play him all right next up we got olivier obama mercier versus armin sarukian uh going into this fight i was very much on olivier obama mercier i think he's a great all-around fighter um you know obviously has a ufc experience behind him now too he's been in the ufc since god damn uh 2014 so he has over five and five and uh, some months worth of experience in the ufc whereas Ar armand sarukian is just making his second uh ufc walk uh very tough test in his first fight against Islam makachev a lot of people were writing us uh, writing off sarukian uh and obviously makachev won that fight but should he have been you know a plus 300 underdog that fight didn't make it look like it you know he's a very strong guy very physically imposing great grappler himself as well uh and i think that obama Mercier, it's going to be tough for him to win this fight you know he got completely out grappled and outstruck by gilbert burns not a burp not a, not a yawn just a burp regardless <laughs> uh olivia obama say you know coming into this uh off that like i said off that fight against gilbert burns where it just completely got outclassed in that it was very uh weird to watch you know i thought obama Mercier was the better overall fighter but to see gilbert burns be so successful with his strikes uh, obviously you know getting the fight to the ground that's not that's kind of expected with gilbert burns but uh i, I was expecting a little bit uh better of a fight out of obama Mercier. i'm not sure what was going on there uh and i believe he's better than what he showed in that gilbert burns fight but i think he has another tough out here against armand Sir, armand sarukurian uh sarukurian minus 220 ish um you know decent favorite uh i don't i might i don't know i i might actually just pass on this fight i i i wouldn't be mad at anybody betting armana roughly around that minus 200 range uh but 
I feel so bad because I, I I really wanted to bet Olivier Aubameyang here, but after running the tape, it's just it's kind of hard. Um, it's almost like I've seen a regression in his talent, and I I truly hope that's not the case. I love the guy. He follows me on Twitter. It's great. He's a, he's a great guy, but I think he is just so much better than what he's shown in his last two fights. Uh, and he has a really tough test here against Tarukian, and this could be his last fight in the UFC too. So. Who knows how much that has a factor into how he's going to play in this fight or, or, or come out in this fight. Uh, but I'm going to go with Sargurukian by decision. One thing I will give Olivier Balmercy is his ability to endure punishment uh, and just you know have heart uh, and stick, it, stick the fight out uh, as best as he can. But I'm going to go with Sargurukian by decision. Next up, Jeff Neal versus uh nico price jeff neal going off roughly around minus 340 which is so fucking juice filled um uh against nico price who's plus 280 ish right now i want to say uh they don't have in the distance odds yet but uh the fight doesn't go to decision at minus 230 sounds about right uh this is a very straightforward fight. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. We all know that Jeff Neal fighting out of 4-7 MMA is a brilliant striker. One of the best. So quick. Uh, that head kick knockout he had over Frank Camacho was, a sh- was fucking bananas. You know, I remember Joe Rogan was going nuts about that one. Uh, and then, you know, Bilal Muhammad just methodically picked him apart and put him away. Uh, Bilal Muhammad is a very tough fighter as well, even though he got knocked out by Vicente Luque. Um, I think that Jeff Neal... Uh, is due for another a knockout here against Nico Price. You know, Nico Price throws with a lot of heat, has heaters in his fucking hands, uh, but he's a little bit wild, um, you know, doesn't throw with as much crisp and uh, clean, cleansiness, cleansiness, or crisply or as cleanly as a, a Jeff Neal. So I think that Jeff Neal being the tighter striker, uh, throwing the straighter punches is going to have the advantage here against Nico Price, who likes to be a little bit more winging. Uh, you know, big win for Nico Price in his last fight against Tim Means, but Tim Means was, you know, doing really well against him there uh unfortunate injury for tim means there uh but it was caused by a big punch by nico price which kind of put him on queer street and i'm yes i'm still using queer street so fuck you guys um but i think that jeff neal is just too talented here i don't think that he's going to get caught by anything crazy by nico price and i think that he's going to take advantage and counter very well against nico price here too um might be giving up a little i believe he's a little bit smaller here too so 5'11 at 75 inch reach and then uh six foot at 76 inch reach so not not the biggest difference uh you know nico price just is always a long lanky guy but jeff neal on another planet in terms of skill especially with the stand-up uh i gotta go with jeff neal here i really wanted to play him but minus 340 is just too much for me straight um i'm gonna see what the in the distance odds look like uh i might you know i might not go lock of the night deep on it but i definitely like him to win this fight by knockout uh, so I'm definitely going to keep an eye on what the in the distance odds look like. Uh, but I got Jeff Neal. I think it's going to be a barn burner. I th- truly think it deserves you know that third spot on the on the main card. I think a lot of people are going to be entertained by it. But I think we see Jeff Neal come out victorious. I'm going to say second round knockout. Next up, we got the Coleman event. We got Chris Cyborg versus Felicia Spencer. Uh, Chris Cyborg coming off a very underwhelming performance against Amanda Nunes where for some reason, I don't know if she was injured or whatever the fuck was going on, but she went absolutely berserk within that first minute and Amanda Nunes just stayed uh, composed and uh, was able to find the big shots to put Cyborg out. It was very, it was such a weird performance for Chris Cyborg to, to come out and have a completely reckless, uh, you know, fucking berserk mode type of game plan going in there and trying to finish Amanda Nunes so quickly uh, where she was you know so much more methodical in her wins against Holly Holm against Tony Avenger that went into the third round Lena Landsberg even went into the second round I remember betting the over one and a half and being like what the fuck are you doing Cyborg like ease into this you know Amanda Nunes is a fucking monster and she even you know bantamweight champion uh beat the consensus maybe top three women in the world twice valentina shevchenko you know nunez it was so fucking surprising to me for chris cyborg to be so dumb in that fight uh, i think she she doesn't have as much to worry about in this fight against felicia spencer uh you know felicia spencer's coming off that win over megan anderson i'm glad i hit that under one and a half uh very easy impact right there i wish i went a little bit deeper but regardless we know Felicia Spencer wants to get this fight to the ground. Her stand-up is not the best. You know, she's going to get absolutely lit up by Cyborg. Even if Cyborg goes berserk more like she against, against Amanda Nunes, I don't think that Felicia Spencer has the power to put her out or put her on her butt or anything like that. So I think that Chris Cyborg is definitely a shoo-in to win this fight. Um... I think in the distance as well, because I think that, you know, Felicia Spencer might pull guard or some shit, and then, you know, Justino is a great fucking jiu-jitsu player herself. Ooh. 
I don't know what that is, but that sounds very deep. I apologize for that, guys. But regardless, I'm gonna, we're almost done the episode as well, so let's just fucking get through this. Uh, yeah, like I said, Felicia Spencer wants to get this fight to the ground. I think that Cyborg's jiu-jitsu is good enough to stay out of any trouble when it comes to uh, submissions or anything like that. And I think it, Felicia just has her work cut out here for her. So for her to pull this victory off, I, I think she should be a way bigger underdog than she currently is. Plus 425, plus 500-ish. Um, fuck. Like, I might even be enticed to put Justino in a parlay with somebody because I think that she just, there's no way that she can lose this fight. She is better than Felicia Spencer everywhere. She's stronger than her everywhere. Uh, and I think she has nothing to worry about if this fight hits the ground. So I got Chris Cyborg by first round TKO. Uh, I think it's not even going to be close either. All right, let's move on to the fucking main event. Max Holloway against Frankie Edgar, long overdue. They were scheduled to fight way back in uh, March of last year. Uh, Holloway got injured, in steps Frankie Edgar, and Frankie Edgar gets knocked into the, the Netherlands uh, by Brian Ortega. Kind of puts a halt uh, to his uh, championship hopes right there. Had to come back quickly. I think it was just over a month and a half against uh, Cub Swanson. Comes in, gets a decision victory, and then now sits out. Supposed to fight, actually, Korean Zombie back in November at the 25th anniversary fight. Uh, had to pull out of that. And he just finds himself into a, in a fucking title shot against Max Holloway. Um, so Holloway's coming off that loss to Dustin Poirier back in April. That was his opportunity to become champ champ or interim champ champ. Um... But he comes up short against Dustin Poirier, who put on a brilliant performance against Holloway. Uh, and Holloway took some damage in that fight, man. I was I was very surprised uh, about how much damage he did take and his ability to come back so quickly as well. This is roughly three-ish three -ish months after that fight. So that might play a factor into this. Um, not 100% sure. I believe that Holloway is the better striker here against Frankie Edgar. Um, I think he'll be able to kind of download Frankie Edgar's data within the first round and half to or two rounds and then kind of just put it on edgar uh, but i'm interested to see how edgar uses his full arsenal here how he you know uses his footwork uh uses his ability uh, or his wrestling at least i think he might be able to get max holloway down maybe once or twice uh maybe not right away uh maybe a little bit deeper into the fight and we know that frankie edgar is always able to go five fives so we don't need to worry about his cardio max holloway Another guy, really good to go five fives. And the pace and pressure that he's always able to, to keep uh, during that time is is amazing. So um, hard for me to parlay Max Holloway at the minus 400-ish odds. Um, but possible bet on Frankie Edgar. Maybe a small 0.5-unit stab. Not Nothing too crazy. I want to see how crazy his odds do actually get. Um, what, plus 325 at five dimes right now. The best is plus 340 at bet online, plus 336 at Pinnacle. If he hits that plus 400 range, maybe plus 350, I would consider putting like a 0.5 unit bet on him. Uh, you know, we saw Uriah Faber come back recently and completely dethrone a, a guy that was uh, on the up and up. Uh, I'm not saying that Max Holloway is, you know, Ricky Simone, uh, but, you know, you got to think that there must have been some sort of impact on Max Holloway. And, and in terms of his confidence as well, when he went up against Dustin Poirier uh, and came up short uh, and, and got beat the fuck up let's be honest he went to a decision but he got beat the fuck up in that fight so uh frank edgar you know coming off that extended layoff uh and then max holloway coming off a beating uh it, it's interesting where both of these guys are at in their careers uh i, I i'm gonna go with max holloway uh, i i just think that his striking is too good um i think Fr uh, frankie edgar is definitely with an underdog shot especially as such long as the plus 350 ish again if he gets there i might bet him uh, but as a pick, I'm going to have to go with Max Holloway. Uh, I think that he, you know, brushes off that Dustin Poirier loss. I think that he uses his range. I think that he picks apart Frankie Edgar on the, uh, on the outside, uh, lands big shots, and then maybe finishes him a little bit later, maybe third, fourth round where he starts to push it, like we saw him do against, you know, Jose Aldo twice. He did it against Anthony Pettis. He did it against Brian Ortega. Uh, I think it, it all comes down to how well Frankie Edgar's chin is going to be able to hold up. But I think that Max Holloway just outstrikes him. Uh, and then we maybe get a fourth round, fifth round finish from Max Holloway. Uh, just continuously clipping Frankie Edgar from the outside. Uh, and, you know, yeah, I, I, I would love nothing more than to see Edgar fucking pull out a victory here and get that 145 belt that he's just been seeking since. When the fuck did he go down? He went down... Uh, 
he went down in 2013 when he went down and fought uh, Jose Aldo for the title. Came up short there, won five straight fights, fought Jose Aldo, uh, Jose Aldo again, uh, came up short there, uh, won two straight victories, then lost to Brian Ortega, won, Cub, won with Cub Swanson, and now comes back to fight Max Holloway. But I will be going with Max Holloway, fifth round TKO, but I want to see Frankie Edgar win. And I'm not confident enough in terms of parlaying Max Holloway. So in terms of betting advice, that's what my betting advice is for that pick uh, or for that fight. So that's pretty much it for UFC 240. I think I did a decent job. Uh, this this is going to be a longer episode than normal anyway. Uh, at least I think it is. Me and Rob had some good banter at the beginning of the episode. So if you guys skipped that, go back, check it out. Uh, I showed him the Dudashev uh unfortunate situation with the you know him uh going into icu uh and then getting uh then unfortunately passing away earlier this morning um what else uh lock of the night challenge that's something that's that i've introduced since the last episode um it's been getting a lot of good traction i got a lot of people have already signed up for it. i got a lot of people that are still interested in it i'll just quickly break it down for you guys starting with ufc newark which is the event after ufc 240 i'm starting the lock of the night challenge you're pretty much using my strategy to try and win as much units as possible uh, between now and the end of the year. Whoever has the most uh, profit at the end of that wins the pot. So right now we have a $25 buy-in game and we have a $100 buy-in game. Uh, and whoever wins, wins 65%. First place gets 65% of the pot. Second place, I believe, gets 20% of the pot or 25% of the pot. And uh, the last uh, third place runner, third place runner up, whatever you want to call it, gets 10%. So I think that's roughly at least your buy in back. So check it out, man. I'm, I'm going to do it for the entire calendar year of two, uh, 2020. Uh, but I just wanted to get it out for the, the these last four, four months of the year. Um, you know, it gives me a good way to test it out, make sure I'm running it properly. If there's any errors that I run into, I know how to fix it. And then when we do the 2021, you know, we'll have a full year. I'll have all my eyes uh, dotted and my T's crossed. Uh, but I truly think that you guys are going to have a lot of fun with it. And the opportunity to win some more money using my method, go for it. Like, let's, let's fucking do it. I'm not a part of the context. I don't want to be eventually, you know, uh, accused of tampering of any sort. I'm not, I don't want to even have the potential to deal with something like that so i'm not going to be a part of any of these contests i'm strictly moderating and running them i'll be updating the standings after every event latest by the sunday noon after the fight um and just keeping on top of it uh, you know processing all the bets putting out all the bets once uh, the event has started uh and just being the main point of contact for this lock of the night challenge but i think it's something that you guys will have a lot of fun with uh and if you truly believe that you guys can do a lock of the night type of thing by all means Let's do it. Let's get into this contest. See if you can come out in first place uh, and make some money at, uh, while doing it as well. So uh, I believe we have $500 in the pot for the $100 game right now and about $175 or $200 in the $25 game. So hit me up uh, at MMALOTN on Twitter. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me and try to sign up for this. Um, or if you guys just want to talk shit, just fucking comment below. Um, don't really give a fuck about the haters. I know there's a couple of people that I've been hating on the last video. Um, don't give a shit. You know, I get enough. I'm My subscribers continues to go up. Uh, I'm getting great views. I'm getting a lot of positive feedback even on Twitter. So fuck, fuck all the haters. Don't give, give a fuck about you. Um, that's pretty much it. I'm done. It's fucking 730. I got to get my ass home. I got shit to do. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, like, subscribe fucking do whatever you doing on uh, you know every audio platform that's out there um youtube uh appreciate this for you guys are the fucking best i'll see you guys next week also sorry last thing combat sewers supposed to be this week unfortunately rob's headed out of town we're not able to record it so we're going to be back next week for the combat sewers it's been a little bit but i promise you that's not going anywhere we're going to be fucking doing that regularly uh unfortunately just scheduling issues at this point but we will be back on wednesday next week to do the combat sewers with tony uh but i will be back on monday of next week latest tuesday depending on scheduling uh monday or tuesday to do uh the ufc newark Lockcast for you guys and break down those fights so keep your eyes on my twitter at mmalotn for what bets i'm going to be making this week as well as the website www.mmalotn.ca and lastly make sure you guys hit me up if you guys want to be a part of the lock of the night challenge love that contest can't wait to keep it rolling uh but that's about it i gotta shut the fuck up because i gotta go all right peace i'm out <laughs>